Hey guys, what is up, and welcome back to the show. Uh, now today we're going to be spending some time, the draft is over, so we're going to be spending some time uh, talking about the draft, a few of the picks, uh, just some opinions looking back on it. Um, Brock Purdy is your Mr. Irrelevant this year, but even then, I know he's the Mr. Irrelevant, but, and I know it's a seventh round pick, but what are the 49ers doing drafting a quarterback? Because if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't work out, he could be a great backup unless he decides to leave or they trade him. Uh, like, I don't know. I think they already have two just fine quarterbacks. Um, so it's just kind of weird that they drafted Brock Purdy. Maybe they were just done with the draft. They wanted to get it done. Uh, maybe they already felt satisfied with what they had done. But anyways, that's what it is. Um, maybe some Madrid tennis. I don't really know. Um, the Probably the main bulk of this episode is going to be on the draft. But while we're on the topic of the draft... In this intro, I want to spend a bit talking about, uh, well, first, let's do Daniel Jones. He's not going to get his fifth-year option. Um, that would guarantee him t- more than $22 million this season. Um, the Giants are not going to do it. Um, and while they still think that he can be their starting quarterback for years and years to come, um, I could still see it because he shows the flashes of brilliance, but not consistency. It's a little harder to believe now. Um, but just like those flashes of brilliance, if he can consistently produce those, then there's no reason why he shouldn't be their starter for a while. Um, and now this is definitely the last season for him, uh, obviously, because if he doesn't do well this season, he's probably done because myself and I know a lot of other people, uh, thought the last season was going to be his last straw. Like if he didn't do well last season, his season or his career might be over, but it looks like they might be giving him extra season. Um, and so this season, he has to produce this season. At least show some good signs of improvement and more consistency for the last few years that he's been in the league with the Giants. Because if not, they, they're going to be getting a new quarterback. Um, and then for Baker Mayfield, he's been saying that he's been disrespected. Which I don't really know what to say to that. I don't think that you could say you've been disrespected when the Giants, not the Giants, I was just talking about the Giants, when the Browns have been out shopping quarterbacks and doing things like that. Um, you just you just can't say anything at all. If you're able to go out and produce on the field, no one will say anything about disrespecting you anymore. But until you do that, there's always going to be people who are saying you suck or something like that. You play in a professional sports league that millions and millions of people watch. There, you you got to be able to take some of those people saying, I don't like you, you're bad. And especially since this year, you got to be able to take it because you weren't that good. If you could become a little bit better, then yeah. And I, I guess it puts a little bit more spectacle on him, considering that he was a first-round pick. Not a first-round pick, a first-overall pick. Um, but really... If he's able to, you just gotta. He's just gotta go out there and play some good football, and then all the all the critics will get off his back. So, but I I just don't appreciate. It. He doesn't get to say anything until he starts producing on the field. Um, and yeah, that's 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 what I wanted to get off with in the intro. Uh, UVA got Ben Vanderplas, which I'm actually pretty excited about. Hopefully that puts Reese Speakman in the starting or keeps him there, which he always has been, but makes him like the starting point guard. Put Vanderplas in there and bumps Kihei to the bench um, because he can kind of be our defensive uh, mastermind coming off the bench, make become a guy that that defenses have some trouble with. 
Um, but I don't think he should be starting. And I hopefully Ben Vanderplas takes his minutes. And um, I'm excited to look. If, I'm I'm looking forward to it because of how good of a three point shooter he is. And that's what where we struggled last year. At least on a consistent basis, we had some guys who could make it like 40, 50 percent in the game. But then the next game, next game after that, they go like zero percent. Um, but I'm happy that they got him. Um, and then. Uh, I haven't really been making podcasts the last couple of weeks. I know I promised bi-weekly episodes. Um, that's kind of what I've been getting out lately. This has only been, I think it's been like it's May 1st. I think it's been almost two weeks. It's like 13 days ago. And um, I just had schoolwork to do, things to study for, because they've been really loading me up with work and everyone else before exams start. And then... That too, exams. Got to start studying for those soon, um, and also school team matches for tennis. Uh, I have I haven't been able to do podcasts. There've been matches. I had three matches last week. I think there are going to be three more next week because just because like rainouts and stuff. We we just have to have fine time where we can get those matches in because we need to get those matches in for like state seating and uh, what's it called? Like I think it's prep league seating. Um, and but yeah, so just been busy. That's really what it is. Um, and yeah, that's so. This episode's gonna be about NFL draft, definitely, um, and probably some other stuff. That oh oh NBA first round, or that that's what we'll talk about too. Coming up on today's show. All right, so the NBA first round is now in the books, and what has really kind of been, I wouldn't say a disappointing first round, but definitely a disappointing first round in some ways, like. I know that there was more going on inside of the uh, Nets organization than we know about, at least I know about, but come on, the Nets, dude, I had y'all going to, I had so much faith in y'all, so much confidence in y'all, I thought you were that good, that I had y'all going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and y'all didn't even give me a game in the first round, I know it's how a lot of other people think. Didn't even win a game in the first round. No, yeah, all the games were close, but you weren't able to win any of them. Any of them, like I, this, I, I don't really know what else to say other than the fact that I'm just like disappointed. Like it, they didn't even make it a good series. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every single game was close, but they didn't close out a couple of games that they had big leads in, and not only that, they just didn't win a game, and so. That's what really, that's my main, um, like, bra moment of the, of the NBA playoffs. Um, but really, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's kind of what it is. And then the other series, uh, the Grizzlies and the, uh, the Timberwolves, they had the best chance to make it a game seven. They were up by, like, 14 or 15. And couldn't, couldn't, couldn't close it out. They had the opportunity to, and people in this game were really turning to cat, like Carl Anthony Towns saying it was his fault that they lost this game. Um, and really, I can't say that they're wrong. Took some bad shots, and he shot six of nineteen for the game. Looks good on paper, like eighteen points, ten rebounds, a steal, a block, and stuff. Um, but six of nineteen shooting really can't cut it, especially for a center. Um, that those are the guys that should be getting more high percentage looks. Um, but the Timberwolves had an opportunity to make a game seven. And I said this in my, on my YouTube video. You should go subscribe to that, by the way. Ha 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 ha. Um, that was really cringe. Okay. Um, 
Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, saying that I've, I figured it out. Saying that the Timberwolves, if it weren't for the fact that they had to play the Grizzlies, then they would be moving on in the first round of the playoffs. Obviously not the Suns. Um, you don't want to play the Suns. But if they were a six seed, I mean, obviously the Warriors are different, but I just think that the Grizzlies are that good of a team. I mean, and see, it kind of showed what I said. The Grizzlies, or the Timberwolves showed a lot of promise, a lot. Like, they played really well. If Anthony Edwards is able to sustain that for years to come, then that means the, the, the Timberwolves found themselves someone that they should be proud that they got him. Um, and, but the, the, the Grizzlies are going to move on in that series, um, which I'm not surprised that they move on. I was looking forward to a game seven because it really was looking like that that was going to happen, but then it never did. Um, so I guess we can't complain about it now. Uh, the Heat get it done pretty easily, uh, against the Hawks. And so that, that series is going to be interesting too. I don't see, I think the Heat are going to have a much, are going to have an easy time with the 76ers. And I know you guys know I'm a Heat fan, but but hear me out. If Joel Embiid isn't playing for at least the first two games, it's going to be an easy 2-0 series lead for the Heat. No Joel Embiid and the Heat playing at home. And not only that, they've shown all year and in the first round that they can win without their quote-unquote big three together, which is Bam, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. Last game, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler was out. The game before that, Kyle Lowry was out. Um, So they've just proven that they are that good of a team that they can win without their best guys and just with the if the Sixers are without Joel Embiid it's like where where do they go from here they still got a very good team but it's like where do they go from here so the Heat it just depends really when uh Joel Embiid comes back whether or not that series is going to be good or not he comes back by game three in uh um Philadelphia then they're probably going to knock the series at two go back to the Heat the Heat will go up three two it might be definitely game six brewing maybe a game seven um, and but if he's not back by game two, uh, it could be a three o or game three. It could be a three o series lead for the Heat, and that's when the the Sixers go night night in the playoffs this year. Um, and yeah, so what else? The Raptors. I was that's another thing I was disappointed with. How did the I, the Raptors go from winning two games in a row? Uh, they I think it was like three o yeah. For winning two games in a row, they win one at home, and then they go to the Sixers and play a very good game and beat them relatively easily. They always had answers for what the Sixers were doing. Uh, stayed off, stay far, stayed far ahead, and Game Six comes along. What the heck happened? I was hoping for that Game Seven, even if, even though it was going to be in Philadelphia, so I would have given the edge a little bit to Philadelphia, even though they would have won three games in a row. Um, but history could have been made here. They just fell apart. The game wasn't even close. Another thing that was another thing I was disappointed with. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm. And oh, the Suns shown some vulnerability. Seems I mean obviously on paper they should be the best team in these playoffs with or without Devin Booker. Maybe or not the best team, but they would still be like oh they're definitely going to Western Conference Finals even without Devin Booker. But they. I mean, they've shown some things. Like, when he's been out this series, it took him six to beat the Pelicans, who didn't even make it in except for the playing game. 
36 and 46 on the season. The Suns almost had uh, 30 more wins than they did. Now, obviously, the, the, the Pelicans would probably play with nothing to lose because they really didn't. They got swept. No one was really going to say anything because um, it was the Suns. But the, that, that's interesting to know, something to know for the rest of the playoffs. Like, whoa, no Devin Booker? What's what's going on here, right? Um, and that that's really all I, all I have to say. The Mavericks beat the the Jazz that 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 uh I was surprised and impre- I was surprised impressed the fact that they were able to stay in the series until Luka Doncic came back they made it 1-1 and I think he came back in game three so that's a that's a promising sign for them too obviously they played better teams later on but a Luka Mavericks and no Devin Booker Suns could be, come out to be an interesting series don't quote me on any of that because I don't even know Devin Booker's coming back yeah uh Devin Booker injury like, let's see. Devin Booker. Whoa. 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 Continuing with that, and maybe a uh, series with Devin Booker. I think just with Devin Booker, the Mavericks are going to have a tough time, but it's still going to be a good series because I'm just impressed with what they've been able to do without uh Luka Doncic for those first couple of games um, shows some promise with injuries. Um, but Devin Booker back, I just realized, yeah, he was back for game six, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's going to be tough for them to beat them, but I still expect to get series out of that. And see, what I was woeing is I'm getting these uh, sources. Uh, you might have known this already. I did not. Uh, Phoenix Suns were fined $25,000 for failing to disclose Devin Booker's injury during first-round win. Um Says Phoenix Suns have been fined twenty five k. Billings disclosed Devin Booker's injury. Um, they said he didn't do it in a quote unquote accurate and, and timely manner. Um, so that's a little weird. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's what it is. All right. Well, yeah. But anyways, moving on to some draft. All right, NFL draft. So uh, we're gonna recap a couple of the picks. And uh, first and foremost, Jelani Woods, drafted by the Colts, 73rd overall pick. Um, really proud of that dude. Uh, I will say Brendan Armstrong made him look good, but he's also very good on his own terms. Had a very good combine, and um, and he and he had a great 40-yard dash. The bench press, I think it was, that he did a really good job on. Good combine in general. And just a big body, like 6'7", 250 pounds. I feel like they would already be interested in him, even if he wasn't good. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, yeah. So that's the start of the draft. Uh, George had 15 players drafted, which is kind of insane. Something that, I mean, I guess, I don't know. You see a lot of players drafted, but, like, not, I don't I don't think you've ever seen that many people drafted. Um, but anyways, Aiden Hutchinson uh, I personally thought he should have gone number one, just because, I don't know, I think he should have gone number one because of the fact that I feel like he's obviously, he's got, he's got great size, he's just, he's just, I just think he's just that good, and, um, he, he's got a really good attention to detail, um, and, like, he's got great hands, great feet, um, and great pass rush. Like, I feel like the part of the reason why he's so good at getting to the quarterback, 
because he already knows what he's going to be doing. Like, he already knows what move he's going to be doing. He's already, he already knows where he's going to be going, left or right, try to go around him, go through him, push him over. Um, he already knows what he's going to be doing. He's a unit of a person, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like if you just have him on the opposite side of the ball, it just gives you that, like, oh, my gosh, and Hutchinson's on the D-line, like, the quarterback and the O-line, like, like uh, biting off your fingernails or whatever type, type vibes, um, be- just because I think he would just give you that type of thing. Because he, you 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 get what I mean. Um. Anyways, uh, also for the Panthers, they draft a Kim, a Kongwu, Iki, Ikwanu, I think Ikwanu, I think. Um. Which I know. Also, y'all know I'm a Panthers fan. I would be talking about this anyways. But also, there was a lot of speculation of, over whether are the Panthers going to take Kenny Pickett? Are they going to take Malik Willis? Are they going to take a Kim, a Kongwu, a Kong? A Kwanu, or are they going to take Evan Neal? Like, what what are they going to do? But they take a, a Kwanu, um, which I think is just, I think it's a great pick. It might give the Panthers a long term option at tackle because they they just they that's the main thing that they need right now because they can get a good offensive line, good receivers around Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's still bad, then we know what we're doing with Sam Darnold. Or Sam Darnold give him a good team, then he is good. We don't know. Um, but like I just. I just I don't know he he the pancaking on this man is not like many other people just pancake after pancake after pancake and yeah so yeah just now now I'm just looking down the wit list the list to see if there's anyone that I want to spend some time talking about Kenny Pickett goes down to twentieth uh, kind of funny Pittsburgh Steeler Pittsburgh. Uh, Panthers now going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is kind of funny. Um, uh, playing the same stadium for a while, right? Um, so I think he's a very good deep passer. Passer timing, it seems to be right a lot of the time. Um, and also, he's not a run first type of guy, obviously, but he's got the speed where if he gets in trouble and he needs to do it, he is going to be able to pick up that first down for you, five, ten, maybe even fifteen yards, should he need to, because he's got that kind of that sneaky speed, kind of. Kind of like Josh Allen for me. Like for me, I just don't seem. It doesn't seem like Josh Allen be that fast, but really he is pretty fast. Um, and but what's weird for me is Kenny Pickett. They I don't know why the Steelers would draft Kenny Pickett to be honest. Um, Mitch Trubisky. Um, does he do too much different than what Mitch Trubisky already does? Um, and it's maybe maybe it's for maybe it's for like insurance. Like if Mitch Trubisky doesn't work out during the season or something, because maybe the Steelers are on a win now type of phase. And if he doesn't work out, maybe we're like, oh, we're going to Kenny Pickett, see what he can do for us. That might be what it is. Um, and so I guess it's not a bad pick, but I wouldn't say the Steelers necessarily need him, except maybe they're trying to get some insurance for Mitch Trubisky. Let's see, what else? Brees Hall goes to the Jets, which is very good, because to be honest, I can't name, I think he's the best running back of the draft. And I can I to be honest, I cannot name another quarterback. Not quarterback. I cannot name a running back that plays for the New York Jets right now. So I just think that's something that he can do. I think this is good because he's a great pass catcher. He's a great runner. Um, and when you get out into open space with him, like get to the secondary, that's where the extra yards really come because not many people can tackle it. No, no, I don't really think anyone. You'll see how it translates to the NFL level, but I don't really see how anyone's going to be able to. Many people are going to be able to tackle him open space. That's where the extra yards can come. Um, and that's that's what 
I think he's a great dual threat guy. Um, will always get you those extra yards because it's just hard to bring down at times or a lot of the times in open space. Um, see, I'm just scrolling down these second round lists and um, James Cook goes to the um the 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 Bills, which is something that's good to see because the Bills need a running back. Um, moving on to the third round, um. I don't really have much on these guys. Oh, yeah, Jelani Woods, the fourth-position-ranked tight end, according to ESPN, and probably definitely top three, according to me. Um, yeah, there it is, 6'7", 253 pounds. Um, the, for a tight end, great speed. The height and the weight is just so good. He can bully people, and he's tall. Um, so it, it'll be a mismatch a lot of the time. And that, that the catch radius that he has will make him be able to win more 50-50 balls. And so I feel like that the Colts are really going to try to use him in the red zone for like those couple receptions, get him down to the 5-1-yard line, or, or maybe in the end zone for a touchdown because he can he can <clears throat> really just do it all. And he just seems he would just be an annoying mismatch for people on the defensive side of the ball. Anyone else that I want to talk about? Uh, oh, yeah, there it is, Matt Corral. Panthers uh, traded up. Uh, they got the pick from Kansas City through New England. Um, fourth best quarterback in the draft, according to ESPN as well. Um, that's what I would say as well. Um, I would say that Kenny Pickett's probably a little bit better. I don't know. I kind of like Matt Corral a little bit more than uh, Desmond Ritter, to be honest, because uh, Matt Corral plays better opponents, and he's able to produce against the SEC opponents. Um, not saying Desmond Ritter isn't good because he is good. Um, that's just what I would say about him. Um, he gets the ball really, really fast. It throws it really, really fast. Um, and he can, he can give, he can give people run after catch because he can, he can get the ball off quickly and then they can turn up field quickly before the defense has time to react. Uh, the only thing that I would say about him is work on the deep ball. He can throw the deep ball. He can hit people on the deep ball. It's just work on the accuracy of it a little bit more. Um, and so that's another guy, like just like Kenny Pickett, who can pick it up with his legs um, and is willing to take a hit to get those extra yards, which it might be part of the reason why I got injured in that Sugar Bowl because just, just because he's a – he's like a – just because he's a quarterback, he's not he's not a slider. He's not a slider. That's something that I've noticed from watching him this past uh, college season. He is not a slider. He is a tough competitor, and he's going to want to do everything he can to win games, which is what the Panthers want. So if he ends up stepping in to start at some point, uh, they know that whether he's playing well or he's not playing well, he's going to be giving his best, which is what the Panthers are going to need right now. Um, because, I mean, obviously you'd say that about a lot of these guys, but like Matt Corral just has that competitive spirit that I notice a lot more than a lot of other players, which is just fun to see. And he could probably even pass, do a good job of passing that on to some of his quarterbacks, not his quarterbacks, some of his teammates, um, which could become uh, a great thing to have in the locker room, in the organization. Um. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, oh, that's someone I totally forgot about. Uh, uh, Bailey Zappi. Is it Zapp or Zappi? I don't really know, but he set the record for, I think it was touchdowns this past season, um, breaking Joe Burrow's record. Um, oh, that's something else I didn't know. 6,000 passing yards. How do you have 6,000 passing yards? I don't care who you play for. 6,000 passing yards is absurd. Um, 
And so I think I don't really know too much about him, um, but I know he's got pretty good accuracies if he's able to put balls on the money, and I know he doesn't have world-class athletes at uh, Western Kentucky. Hey, that is not just a Western Kentucky. I know that they had a good team last year. I'm just saying they're not like ACC or SEC powerful programs, and if he's able to do 62 passing touchdowns and almost 6,000 yards, 5,967 to be exact, um, through the air, then he's got something He's got something going on right for him with that accuracy or putting receivers in the right spot at the right time or knowing when to throw the ball. So that's why he could be a promising sleeper pick uh, because he dropped to the fourth round. Sam Howell goes to the Commanders, which is something else that kind of like the Steelers, he might be an insurance. He's not probably not going to start immediately because I don't think they would have gotten gone out and got Carson Wentz if if Carson Wentz wasn't going to be their starter. And so he's just a guy that if Carson Wentz doesn't work out, Sam Howell's the guy, or Sam Howell's there to de- to develop if if he just doesn't work out. Um, first punter goes off the board. I, I think Cade York was like fourth or fifth round. But uh, first punter, Matt Arasia, uh, uh from San Diego State, yeah, which is kind of an interesting guy even for a punter because he's done, I remember in – he was the best punter last year, and I remember he did things like kicking the ball as well, which is kind of interesting to see as well. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just going to do it for those the few people. Um, I think maybe we'll do some winners. I don't know. But that's at least what we're doing for now. That is going to do it for this episode of All Eyes on Sports. I am Preston Green. Please go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll be getting as much content out there as possible as I can. Um, that was I did not word that well. Um, but especially during the seasons, like NFL, NFL season, the college football season, college basketball season, I'll be getting like press conferences and highlights and things like that out there. Um, and as much content in terms of like opinions and like podcasting that I can. But anyways, I'm Preston Green. This is all this on sports. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you next time on the show.